This episode of United 96 is brought to you in part by Monday Development and Property Management. Whether you're beginning your first real estate purchase or a seasoned investor, Monday Development and Property Management can assist you with all aspects of the process. Kick off your next investment by visiting mundydev.com. That's M-U-N-D-Y-D-E-V.com. Benteke, mm, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Have a good day. Bye. You are now listening to United 96 Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to United 96 here on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Ted here, John here, here to break down a, a, a very positive, very positive show coming up for you. Extremely yeah, not positive. A lot, not a lot of uh not a lot of negative you're gonna be hearing on this show uh today. So if that's your vibe, you might want to skip this one. This it's, is gonna be a it's gonna be a cheery show. It's a weird, it's a weird, it's a weird feeling. It's a weird feeling for sure. John, how you doing, my friend? How was your weekend? I can't beat it. It was my daughter's third birthday. So I, we had a bounce house, we had Paw Patrol balloons, it was it was a winner of a weekend. She had a great time. Thus I had a great time, and then I got to watch the most fun DC United game that I have experienced in recent memory and not even that recent memory <laughs> in just near term memory about you. What'd you do? Uh, yeah, man. Same thing. I had a, um, it was, I, I had to remain next to my computer as I was on call for work. So, um, it was basically a hang around the house day. Didn't really do much. Did go, did go out to, with, with a friend to watch the game, keeping my laptop, um, close by, um, in case something happened, but you know, it's, it was, a it was still, s- still pretty much a late, late weekend. Not, not a whole lot, not a whole lot going on. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, let's, do we just get right into it? Let's talk, uh, let's we, get in, we, let's get right into it. Do, do well, we want to start? Hold on. I hold on. I've got it. <laughs> I, I have, I see you, you were smart that there was something potentially, what did I say last time? I want to make sure that I call out new Patreons every yes. time we get one. And guess what? There's another new one. Jason Hovey, I think is your name. And this is also a reminder to myself to mail you your stickers because I forgot to do that. So that's something else you get, folks. If you become a Patreon, you get the first thing you get is the Friday show, mm-hmm. which people, you know, it's it's. It's ever all anyone's talking about is the second Friday show. It's just all the time. Just can't help. But you also get you also get stickers. You get a bunch of stickers that I send to your house, and then you have my return mailing address. <laughs> so put, a, do, put, a, put them up in Audi Field. Help drive people to our do our show. Put them yes, everywhere. The way it works best is put it near urinals. Apparently, so <laughs> that's the that's the trick. I was look. I was at I was at the suite at the Richmond game, and I was looking in the nice bathrooms to see if there's any stickers in there. No, we're not. We're in the we're in the working class bathrooms, uh, which are in the, the cheaper seats. We're in the behind the the supporters group bathrooms. That's where we <laughs> reside. Well, they probably also take them off as soon as I'm sure as soon as they come in and clean up, someone rips off. Maybe, so. maybe, maybe <laughs> not. But anyway, if you want both stickers and an extra Friday show, patreon.com slash RFK refugees. Now, yes. let's get into the good stuff. Let's get into the good stuff. Let's start. Let's start. Let's start with the Richmond game. Maybe do a light. A light touch on that game. Obviously, um, I am now welcome back onto the show. John is <laughs> yeah, now. That's right. There was a cooling. There was a cooling period <laughs> that we both went through. Now it's fine. There was a cool. There was a cooling period. Um, no, there was no video streaming of the game. And again, I've talked about how much that stinks. Um, 
<laughs> the sue sway 22 says the show of the people so thank you for that it's us we're the show of the people um but the uh uh the, the richmond kickers uh dc united open cup game um an interesting an interesting experience coming from somebody who was who was sitting on the opposite side and, and actively rooting uh against the team playing dc united um uh, but we will keep our analysis short to dc uh very fortunate I think to to get to the next round of the Open Cup, John. I think you you would at least agree with that. They came out with a what we expected. I think was a was a very much a the uh, children the, the children. children and they mostly looked, that. Go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I think that uh, I, I'll 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 big up them since everyone would expect you to do it. Richmond kickers looked very good in the first half, and they were tactically much more disciplined than a. A DC United time, DC United side that clearly had never, other than the two days before this game in training, worked with that exact eleven before. Uh, it was it was very disjointed. The uh, the kickers did a very very good job of drop, sort of not pressing in the midfield and making the 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 DC United backline and the eights try to think about what they wanted to do with the ball. And when they thought about it, they would make bad decisions and pass the ball right into the kicker's defense over and over and over and over and over again. And the only team that was really dangerous on a consistent basis on the wings, and it wasn't that much. I mean, I don't want to. I don't. I didn't think they did XG for the U.S. Open Cup. It wouldn't have been very high for either one of them, honestly. Uh, but I think the kickers could feel very good about the way that they presented themselves as a League One team. And DC United, I mean, DC United don't care about style points. When you throw out a, a, a lineup like that, you just care about s- scraping by, and that's exactly what they did. So I think both teams can feel good about what happened. Yeah, I mean, I, I think from, <clears throat> I mean, from the Richmond perspective, I will say, you know, I think Terazagi had the best chance of the game. Uh, we were talking about in the stands. He is, he is. If you don't know, if you don't follow, I'm not a League One aficionado. Uh, he is by far and away. Let's the, assume you're not. <laughs> <laughs> by far and away, the best player um, in League One. He's won the MVP three years in a row, been the Golden Boot winner. So, uh, but hasn't scored, and uh, he had a PK and an opportunity, and. Missed them both. Uh, both were saved by Alex Bono, who had a, who was probably maybe the star of the match for as sure. Far as, save, as far as saving the PK and saving the goal, um, yeah, I mean they get they get a pretty fortunate uh, penalty. Uh, Emil Assad's the one who buries it. That probably will be his only goal <laughs> that he will score uh, in 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 a DC United uniform. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that's my very specific prediction for the rest of the year. I think uh, not. I think I think he's I think he's actually building up a little bit ahead of steam here. Yeah, I you think, think so. I do. Okay. I mean, I granted. I mean, there he was crashing the box like he almost he, he was more active in this game than he has been for sure in this stint. I don't know. We'll see. There are there are some Yamil heads that actually are big fans of his. <laughs> I'm not I'm not putting myself in that camp, but he certainly has looked a lot better than he did when he started. Continue. Yeah, yeah I mean, and I think from a uh, from another DC perspective, I think we, we saw the kids a lot. Um, they struggled uh, because now, yeah. you know, you, you're not just a bit player. You're not a you're not. You don't have Benteke taking a lot of attention from you that you can slip behind, so it's a lot harder to play. Both Fletcher looked rough. Very. I thought Akinbone maybe looked the solid of, of the kids that I guess we talked about. I thought he was the most solid in that defensive. He looked very confident. He looked very confident with the ball at his feet. It made me nervous, but he was confident, so I think that's the, that's the important thing. Yeah. But Alex Bono is your cup goalkeeper and also showed that, like, it is certainly not going to be a problem if Tyler Miller needs to take a game off. Like he, he had, I would say probably three moments that, you know, were huge <laughs> in a game that didn't have a lot of moments. So, yeah. 
But uh, I think I think we'll we'll close the book very briefly on that. It was it was a lot of kids. They brought on Click. They had Benteke as an emergency release valve. I think if if if, if Terazaki bangs in that PK, I think you see him. You see Benteke get shouldered onto the field very, very quickly. Um, and I'm not sure how it would have looked. And honestly, right now, you know, I'm disappointed as a Richmond fan um, that, they, that they couldn't pull that out. Uh, but it appears to have maybe given them a little bit of confidence because uh, they just went into on the road against the uh, champions of last year, the League One uh, champions of last year in South Georgia Tementa and spanked them three to one. Uh, scored three goals in the first half, and including Terazagi, who finally gets off the score sheet off a free kick. So all everybody's happy. Everybody's good. <laughs> I spoke I spoke to um, Mateus Click last week, and Patreons will get that probably in a day, and then the rest of you might get it later. Uh, you will get it later. Uh, but we we sort of joked about the fact that Lewis O'Brien, if he had a pulse, was going to play in this game because they're going to play him anytime. And I laughed because he played too. And, uh, and I don't believe I don't think he was supposed to play. He wasn't even supposed to be in the 18 <laughs> and then he had to be in the 18. And then he's like, well, if I'm going to be here, then I'm going to play. So I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to go through warm ups and not play. That's dumb. Uh, so I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, well, I'll be curious to curious to hear that once it once it comes out. So, um, all right, let's jump into the main attraction. Uh, let's jump into D.C. versus. Oh, by the way, we should mention D.C. United will go on the road. Uh, to play against the New York Red Bulls, that'll at be a college. Yes, at a college at Montclair State University. Uh, let's let, let's talk a little bit. I, I do think I want to I want to preface because I think the team got a lot of heat uh, with regards to the um, to the fact that they did not bid for a home opener, and there was a lot of. I was one of them. I was upset. I was like, "Why can't you just bid for Tuesday if the Spirit are playing on Wednesday? Why not just bid for Tuesday?" Well. U.S. soccer requires it because I think they want to schedule out the games that both both dates be available. Um, and also, uh, you know, so that's out of the question. Uh, they are D.C. There's no way D.C. could like conceivably fit a double header. Not going to happen. They cannot. Because of the, also, work doesn't work for the because the locker rooms are a problem. Yep. Yep. And they're also contracted. Um, they're also contracted to uh, play all games. Open Cup. Everything has to be, uh, I think, Sands preseason games. They have to play them at Audi Field. They are contractually obligated by the city. So they could not do something like go to the soccer plex, go to Segra Field, even though I, I think they would take soccer plex over Segra Field, to be honest. Um, so they can't they can't do that. So they were um, and, and I think one other one other last sort of argument. And this is where I get into when you start digging this deep, then it's a little bit like, OK, it's you're, you're, you're just looking for a in my mind, a reason to be mad. But I believe it was brought up. Well, they should have known this schedule and they should have blocked out these dates. And I'm like, do you guys know in the history of how U.S. soccer runs the Open Cup? I don't know when exactly those dates came out. I can't imagine it was a year in advance or even even uh, even six months in advance. I guarantee it was like three or four months. Maybe they had a general idea of when the open cup fixtures were going to be. They're not going to be unfair to the spirit. They're not going to also not going to make the spirit move their match. The spirit also probably will have a higher attended match than that DC open cup game. Let's be serious. That would be really awful to the spirit. Unfortunate timing of the game, unfortunate situation. Even if they bid to host, there's a good chance. Maybe they would have also, there's like a 50, 50 shot. They would have been on the road anyway. So, Honestly, let's go up there. The, both teams are going to hate their lives. They have to travel to this state college. <laughs> I think it also speaks maybe, you know, the Red Bulls really took this tournament seriously. The fact that they are not playing this at Red Bull Arena and they're making everybody go up to this state college. I don't know. That seems to me that might be um, 
sending some signals that maybe maybe they're not maybe they're not so high on this tournament now. Their regular season is very much falling apart. They are at the bottom of the table. They are trying to figure out a way to rescue that. I don't know. Just just something interesting. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what the lineups look like for that game next week. Uh, I don't want them now. to do well, but I would certainly have. I would have encouraged them to try to win this. <laughs> if your season's <laughs> that way, I think it's a good way to turn your season around. Is would would not be to go play at a college and get spanked. That would be that would be yeah. not recommended. But I hope they do. Uh, Loudon is also hosting Columbus Crew the next day. Yeah. And in my fever dream, I had a plan. I was like, I want to do both games. I want to take a bus. <laughs> To New Jersey on Tuesday and then come back and then work a day and then go to the Wednesday night game. And then I thought about it and I said, I am too old for that. Yes. <laughs> so what I am going to do is I'm going to go to the Loudon game because I said I would. And I think it'll be funny to see a crew, uh, uh, the Columbus crew play in Segra Field. That's yeah. mostly why I'm going. I think that's funny and I want to see it. If Loudon wasn't on basically the other side of the universe for me, <laughs> I, I would I would consider it as well. But sadly, it is. I'll, I'll do more Instagram. I'll do more Instagram uh, live for, for the people <laughs> and all games. And, and we don't have to worry about streaming because all games will be streamed uh, in this round of the Open Cup. So none of the more eight games. And then you're kind of on your own from there. Um, I hope that's I, too bad because we were getting some Instagram engagement. Like, well, I guess <laughs> being the only game in town is certainly helpful. And that was uh, I think we got more follows that day than we've gotten ever. So I still go up, go do the Instagram. I'm sure some people will will watch. But uh, yeah, so fun times. Open Cup's always a great, a great appearance. I'm still trying to figure out if the kickers got like the whatever the prize for like the top division team. Haven't figured that out yet. When I do, I'll let you know. You guys don't care. All right, let's go. We <laughs> got to make sure in the show notes to say, if you want to hear about the good thing that you're listening to this show for, go to the 13th minute of the show. That's where we finally start talking about the win. <laughs> <laughs> we it's 13 minutes. Talk, Hello, we everybody. Talk, we talked about DC Richmond. Come on. People can wait. That's people true. will be fine. People will be fine. All right, let's talk. DC United, Charlotte FC. Uh, DC picks up their third win, third regular season win in a row, fourth game in all competitions. Uh, they are appear to be finally putting it together. Positive vibes. Everybody's happy. Uh, John, like, give me just your overall your overall thoughts on this game. Are you as happy as everybody else seems? Are you maybe a little wary? Yes. No, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> there's so there's been so little to be sort of on alloyed happy about this team in so long. If you do not choose to be happy right now, you will never be happy. This is this is like this is the golden platter opportunity to be happy. Now they have a they have a game coming up on the road against FC Cincinnati. It's going to be tough. They played uh, the the top of the division this weekend and drew them one one. They probably should have won. Um, it if they win if they honestly if they win this weekend, I will be insufferable. I'm going to be on Twitter talking mad smack to everybody because then I really really will believe if they draw i even think we're still in a really great spot if they lose embarrassingly like five to one then then i'll be like okay it was a mirage so those are those are the outcomes two of those three are good <laughs> so we'll see the the lineup you know i think that they've settled on a lineup or they well uh until steve birnbaum hurt his hip they they may have to alter that that set lineup but i don't think so even, you don't think so hopefully he's good i hope that's the case they said they took him out as precautionary sort of thing yeah i, I think williams i think williams just drops right in um right into that uh into that next center back role um it seems like it's working so i keep it i I think that that's an easy that's an easy decision to make but overall you know when your stars are playing like stars uh and you're not having to rely on players who are trying to have to exceed what they're actually capable of doing on a consistent basis you're 
that's when you're going to start winning games, when you can start sort of recycling lineups and just going out there and doing the thing again. So, yeah, well, let's get into the specifics, but it was a, it was a, you know, strong lineup out there. You know, this team wanted to win this game. Uh, Carl Robinson in the midweek was talking about how they wanted to get out and be exciting for the fans and really get them behind them. And if you were in the stadium for a certain one of the goals, that certainly happened. Both. Uh, there are two goals, I would say, that were certainly uh, special moments um, on the field. But let, let's talk about and, and, and I, I think I do want to um, I do want to add. I came in. I, I forget what episode I dropped this. I think I think it was before the New England game. And I looked and I haven't done the math to see whether they actually met this goal. But I said we need to, we have six games. We need to get like 12 points. I, I don't I think maybe they've gotten 11 of those 12, but they have three, three wins in a row. And then like, I think two draws in the middle of that. Um, so not quite what I wanted, but I think certainly the season's lost. It, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, they didn't get 12, <laughs> but it was, it was more that this team needed to pick it up and start to do it. And they certainly done it over these past, over these past few games. Uh, like you said, tough, tough stretch coming up. I did want to add it. It's, t- it's a tough stretch of three games. It's away to Cincinnati home to Nashville and then away to Philly. So I think we're going to learn a lot. I think we're going to learn whether this team is going to be fighting for seventh, eighth, ninth. Uh, if they come out stronger, maybe we're looking at uh, fifth, fourth, and third, maybe six, maybe sitting in there talking about, uh, you know, having the home field advantage, getting multiple playoff games. Um, you know, I, I think it's certainly um, not nothing. It's certainly going to be, I think, a stretch where we're going to learn a lot about this team. But let's get into the game. DC Charlotte. Uh, first, I, I will say, as, as positive as things were going to be about this team, um, the first about 30 minutes uh, were not not very good. Um, the team looked a little bit disjointed. Uh, they were kind of sitting back a lot, not really able to really engage them. They would get maybe a chance to sort of break the pressure and try to go upfield, and they would get dispossessed and immediately be back under pressure. But what I will say, and I, I you know, I know, uh, I think Wayne Rooney expressed his displeasure about the um, about the first 30 minutes, but. They never really, I mean, I think maybe Sands one opportunity never really gave Charlotte too many good looks. It was, they basically were able to kind of weather that storm and also kind of maybe also sort themselves out where they can sort of be solid defensively. So I think it shows that the, um, the shift in in the team to kind of a defense first, we're going to lock it down from a formational perspective. We're going to keep teams from scoring. I think has kind of uh, has helped this team able to kind of like maybe sort it out in games where they're not flying off the rails or they're not able to generate chances. Uh, did you see it the same way or or maybe were you kind of maybe a little more wary, I guess, in those first 30 minutes? No, I was upset on the Internet. I was <laughs> uh, I, w- I was tweeting. I think I I tweeted something and Dave and Dave said it on the on the. <laughs> On the broadcast, I was like uh, on the back foot here a little bit here in the first 30 minutes. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take to get them to to sort of put their stamp on the ball. And the answer, what it took was a goal. Yeah. And then and and then it was like the, the field, uh, the field was definitely tilted off one whole way uh, for the pretty much the remainder of the game. And I think it gets into kind of what I was talking about. Then you're able, then they, they, I think about minute 30, 35, they started to break pressure. They started to find the counterattack. There was sort of a, I think um, if if you go to, uh, I think it's the, uh, I want to call it black and red United, but it's not black and red United, but the guy, the, the district guy, press. Yeah. The district press, the guy who does the tactical analysis and I'll, and I'll try to pull up his name here in a little bit to actually give him credit. Um, but in the district press, they kind of talked about how the team sort of dropped back and they were able to sort of find those wing positions. Um, and I think the first goal, came, the first 
penalty kick shout, uh, penalty kick, uh, the opportunity that turned into the penalty kick uh, came from, um, I think it came from Nahar, able to find space, dribble in, uh, does a nice, some nice work with uh, with Taxi Funtas. Taxi Funtas gets hit, uh, goes down. The referee uh, does not call it. Um, but I think uh, I think everybody was kind of complaining about the referee. I thought he was he was fine. He's probably I didn't recognize him. He's probably one of the newer referees. Um, and I think we need if if we're going to get some new blood in here, um, that's not the the Ted uncles of the world. We maybe need to allow a little bit of nervousness um, early on in the season. But and I think I think what, what we're seeing from um, what we're seeing from a lot of referees now, particularly on those penalty calls, because let's be clear, Taxi made a meal of that. Like he got he could have played through that contact, but he felt the contact and went down. And basically, you know, now we have VAR and I think the referee was like, well, I'm not sure if he dove uh, or if there's something else there. I'm going to let it go. And then immediately stops play, goes to VAR. They they basically confirm the contact once once the referee stopped play in the middle of basically when everybody was playing and not waiting for the ball to go out of play. I knew immediately it's like this is going to be a PK like at that point. It's it's almost always a penalty kick. Hey folks, quick break in the action to talk to you about the show's sponsor today, Monday Development. Everybody knows the three rules of real estate are location, location, location. But how can you decide on the best professional to serve your needs? For the past 20 years, Monday Development has assisted clients, investors, and landlords with real estate and property management services throughout the DMV. For more information, check out mondaydev.com. That's M U N D Y D E V dot com. It's happened to us, right? Like I think that that the the VAR uh, slight touch thing it certainly vindicates Taxi's uh, Taxi's decision to be able, to be very light on his heels uh, with with that. I think basically, if you can get it to VAR. <laughs> There's gonna, there's likely going to be some sort of contact where they're gonna be like, all right, well, yeah, that did happen. I looked at it. Now I have to say it happened. So, uh, but either way, uh, taxi, taxi takes his chance. It, he was zero for one on on penalty kicks uh, before that. So, uh, I, I was nervous a little bit as he as he came to the spot. But he he you know he's a player right now that is has just come off of a a, a goal on the road uh, in Orlando, feeling very confident, and uh, the goalkeeper got a hand on it. He, he he guessed right and dove right, uh, but luckily it scooted through. And then the tactical takeover that uh, Ted referred to just happened pretty much the rest of the game. Yeah, it was sort of them um, sort of embracing the sort of, you know, going at them a little bit, embracing that press. And I think the goal gave them maybe a little bit of confidence to to go out and do that. So um, there certainly were some some changes. Um, I mean, I think one one player um, who's starting to finally get, I think, the attention we think he deserves as uh, Russell Knaus, um, who is basically finally playing his natural position. He finally has a, a two person combination in O'Brien and click, uh, that he can kind of, you know, almost create a, create a sort of triangle with and sort of that center midfield, uh, where he can get it to them and they can kind of shuttle it, uh, forward. Um, so, I mean, I think in that sense, that sort of three midfield pairing, I think has really been in fine in figuring that part out of the field, because I think we knew, we knew we had some of the width play from Santos. We knew we had some of the width play from Nahar. And we knew certainly we had Taxi Funtas. Christian Benteke is going to hold up play. Defensively, they needed to also figure it out. But I think also that center of midfield was sort of how, how are we going to get this connection, actually, where we're going to actually going to be able to sort of generate chances. Um, and they had several chances. I think there was one 
one chance that I think Taxi sent off left that was just a wonderful press, win the ball, and then a quick counter that just very nearly turned into, um, I think, the second goal right before um, Benteke hit his hit his hit his worldy, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, I want to just also make sure that I, you know, I think that this is important for us to both do. For as much as we have stood on our soapbox and talked about how Donovan Pines is uh, not a starter in this league because he doesn't, he's not consistent and he has mental mistakes and he makes mistakes and then the resultant goals. Uh, this is, this is now for sure his, his longest run of consistently good form. He's playing confidently. He's playing well in the three back system. He is not making the mistakes that he is prone to make. He's not taking chances that he doesn't have to take. I think that that's, that's the way that's where he wants to be. That's where he should be. Uh, just, you know, calm, collected, use your, use your natural strengths. Don't try to do things that you're not good at, uh, and get yourself in trouble. And, you know, what a, what a great thing to have happen to have him finally sort of find it, you know, keep going, man. Don, Steve Birnbaum just signed for another two years. So yeah, you're, we're still, we're still going to need, we're still going to need center backs. Derek Williams, I believe is here for another year, but that's it. Yeah. And, you know, and I think, I think it's important to see this development. And again, you know, we'll see, I do maybe want to see him now. All right, we got some stiffer competition coming up. We got mm-hmm. Cincinnati. How, how does he handle, you know, Vasquez? How does he handle Acosta? How does he handle Hany Mukhtar? How does he handle those types of players? For sure. If, if if he comes out of that, even if DC maybe doesn't get positive results, but he still comes out of that playing the same way, the way we've seen. I mean, you're talking about you're talking about a guy who could potentially maybe take that mantle um, from Birnbaum because I think he's a little bit. I mean, never say never with players being outside transfers, but I think he's sort of firmly rooted. I think he might firmly root himself in kind of that Bill Hamid role where I think he's going to be at DC for a while. Maybe two, he starts to get 26, 27. Maybe he says, well, I want to maybe try to make that leap to Europe as assuming, and I'm assuming again, he's going to be solid and he's not going to regress back to what we saw. Um, but I, I think you're right. I think this has been his most solid form. He's been incredibly good on his his passing has gotten better. I feel like he's not making a lot of those really awful passes. Uh, be, it'll be curious to do like a if he if he continues this again. Want to be Travis? He's got to continue yep. it because I mean you you say this is his most consistent run of form. I would maybe argue with that a little bit because I think he did have a good run uh, in 2021 right before the Gold Cup and actually got himself on the Gold Cup roster due to how well he was playing um, under Arnal Lasada. But I, I will say this does feel a little bit, this feels a little more consistent and, and de- certainly a little bit different. Um, like maybe he's, it's finally maybe start to click in his head what he needs to do in the offseason and during, uh, end of the game to be to be a better defensive player. And maybe that's come from coaching from Wayne Rooney, coaching from Steve Birnbaum. Um, I, I will say, go ahead. I was just going to say, just quickly looking through uh, a foot mob. This is, and it only goes back to 2020, beginning of 2022. Uh, his his ratings this season, he had an 8 against Charlotte, 8.2 against Orlando, 7.5 against Montreal, 7.4 against Columbus, 7.3 against Chicago. And so he's, he's in the green for the entirety of the season. Last year, he ended on a 4.3, 6.4, 6.4. And he never had. He's never had. He's never broken eight. So now he's t- two games in a row. Uh, one of those had a goal, so that certainly helps the stats. But he, you know, like you said, I think that's a great point to call out. It's one thing to handle Charlotte. It's one thing to handle Orlando. Who they don't. It's not like they're. It's not like it's a slouches. But certainly now you have MVP caliber attacking players that you're going to have to deal with. So 
let's see what you got. I think that's I think that's a good and you know the rest of the, the rest of the defense too. How does this three man backline hold up against sort of a different type of a more dynamic attack? Henny Mukhtar has owned this team every time he plays us. He scores every time, pretty much. Uh, yeah. So that's another. Let's let's see one game at a time. Charlotte, uh, Cincinnati is the first challenge, but. Yeah. By the way, RJN and DC, have you noticed that how Victor Paulson is always talking up uh, Pines during the game, giving instructions at Pep Talks? I think we've seen that. Uh, Pe- Victor Paulson, I think it's great. It's been great to have him out of here on the field. I think he fits. He really fits well into that sort of free back system. And I think that serves him well because that sort of, I feel like all these players have gotten better when we just added another player as kind of defensive cover to kind of sit in this role. And I've talked about this. He he sort of plays kind of that halfback role. He's going to step in, I think, to the midfield. He's going to try to play possession uh, and maybe try to move the ball a little quicker. Um, but he still has... And destroy. And destroy. And destroy. And be a physically imposing player that, uh, you know, Russell Knauss is not, it's not really his jam. He's the, yeah. he, like I said he's before, he's usually the one that is fouled, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's the crash test dummy. He's the, he's the ball. He's the ball. He's the ball winner. And and I think it's, it has helped. And honestly, I mean, one thing I will say is that, you know, I think a lot of fans, we talk about Steve Birnbaum, we talk about the contract extension. I think there's some fans that were a little bit upset by that. I, I do wonder if I feel like there's this preconceived, it almost feels, it almost feels very Michael Bradley ish with the U S men's national team where, and we've criticized him before on this in the past. Uh, but he's playing. He has played exceptionally well over this three game stretch. Again, we'll see. Hopefully, he's still healthy. Hopefully, he can still go out there. You, you know, I feel like he he's been that player where maybe there are people that read a little bit too much into the Open Cup. You know, not making the bench for the Open Cup games. Uh, maybe, and it seemed to me that he is really, from what we've heard from a lot of the younger players, he's really been sort of a leader in that. Uh, uh, for those younger players, mentoring a lot of those young players. So I, I would not be surprised if maybe Burmom's had a role also in, in Donovan Pines too. Because um, he seems like among the teams, he actually maybe does really behave like a captain. And you know what? If he really wasn't doing that, if he really was doing that bad of a job as a captain, he wouldn't be the captain anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he's been the captain consistently since, what, 2019, 2020, I want to say. Like, I think he's he's been After that Wayne player. left. Yeah, after Wayne left. He's been that player. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I think he's he may be in a comfortable situation with a coach and with a system that he can he can sort of work with. So let's. What do you? you wanna, we didn't talk about the goal. We have yeah, talked about we, Christian Bertheke's, uh, uh worldy goal that I think it's funny. That Wayne, I love I love a petty man that has a that has a strong memory. So like the first <laughs> thing that came up in the post game press was like, yeah, he did that to me. Uh, against Man United, like a million back when uh, things were not in 1080p <laughs> on the internet, I saw the replay. I was like, man, it was a bit ago. That was uh, for Liverpool, I think, right? I think it was when he I, played for Liverpool. I don't recall. I'm not sure. But the so the 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 goal, the point here is uh, Christian Benteke gets an opportunity. The, the someone else, I think it was uh, Seth Fertelny pointed this out. He's like, not only did he do that, not only did he have the confidence to do that for himself, he also looked off other players who looked like they were coming for the ball as it was bouncing in the box as, as he was sort of controlling to sort of be like, I got it. I got, I got this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give this a go. Uh, I think Pines was one of the players rushing. Pines, Pines and Teddy Coupe, Teddy QPH were like running. They, they were moving towards the ball. I think Teddy was ready to just spank it into the goal. Like, no. And then he's like, Nope, I'm going to, I'm going to blow your minds. You're going to blow your minds here in a little bit. Um, I, I mean, we, we've talked a lot about, how much Benteke is he's I mean right now he's the best player out there on the field yep 
Um, and I think we're finally seeing, I think maybe some people are going to have some, some critical eyes on taxi Funtas. I think he's grown into the game. He's still playing well. He's not his, his shots are still maybe not as right on target, but I think once he gets those on target, uh, things are going to be good. I think that finish against Orlando is still really good. Uh, but we talked he's, about he's a really good he's a really good number two. He's a really good second second focal point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and as he continues to get minutes under and he's ninety minutes fit every time, uh, him and, and him and Benteke, you know, they've got I think they've got an understanding now. But as it continues to grow, oh yeah, I, I, it's dangerous, man. I really do think it's dangerous. Yeah, and we we talked about you know what what makes a successful team in MLS. It's having three designated players playing well, and finally. Uh, and for the first time since, goodness gracious, I, I'm going to go ahead and say 2018. I think 2018, we had Ariola, Acosta, and Wayne Rooney. I think they were both on DP contracts at the time. First time since 2018, we have designated players, plainly like designated players, and we have d- three designated players starting at the beginning of the year, which mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever had that. Nope. Um, and they are finally- and not reclass DPs either. They're yeah. not like people that had to get raises, so that's where they went. These are players bought in to do this thing. Yeah. Um, RG and DC taxi has been playing def- defense in ways we didn't see last season. I mean, also he, true. Yeah. When he, if he's out there, he can still play that type of press uh, and sort of maybe lead that press where maybe Benteke, uh, Benteke doesn't have the, have the legs to do that. Um, and he certainly doesn't want to do that. So like you talked about, you know, we talked about a guy buzzing around Benteke. I mean, that is, that is taxi Funtas. So having three designated players playing well, will win you games in the MLS. It'll make you competitive in MLS for sure. Um, and that's what we've seen. Uh, Matias Click's been a little bit, I think, under underrated as far as the performance goes, but I think he still provides uh, great service. He's starting to get into that linking play, and we really actually have four because Lewis O'Brien, I mean, is a designated player that we're running. <laughs> oh, yes. Are, yes. are you are you changing your your mindset about having Lewis getting a Lewis O'Brien jersey? I mean, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a jersey wherever he lands and stays. I I just yeah. love the way he plays. It is. It is the Gareth Bale cheat code as far as like somehow managing to not have to have him as the as a DP. He certainly plays it. You said that Christian Benteke is the best player on this team. Uh, he's definitely the best player on this team permanently. Lewis O'Brien is up. It's a one A one B for me, mm-hmm. uh, just from what he's able to do. I, I didn't get a chance to talk about it last time. It was notable. It was notable in the kickers game, sort of when he came on. Uh, and I've talked about this over the years too. I think it's I'm not you know so I'm not a soccer native like right. I came to the game a little bit late. But the thing that I noticed most about what sets players apart is the first touch upon receipt where it's moving in the direction they want to go, where it's not just like I'm going to take control and then decide where to go. It's that I have I have analyzed the field. I have analyzed the defenders. This pass is coming in from the right. I'm going to take it off my left and go at a 45 degree angle where I can't be can't be touched defensively. Most MLS players do not have that innate sort of game reading skill. And when you bring in a player that I think I think it's because the game speed is is comparable to the top leagues that they've. So he's played in the championship. He's played in the Premier League, and those those leagues are both go go go, full octane, full press, running for ninety. Uh, it's not like it's not like Spain. It's not like Italy. We have a little bit more time on the ball to pick a pass or decide what you're going to do. They're on you immediately. And those players that come from this league that come right here, the ones that are really good can can do that. And it and it breaks midfields. It breaks midfield open because it it breaks lines every time because those players are able to outthink their defender and have one extra step on them because they're already going where they want to go. And it, you know, as again, as a non-native, as watching the game, I'm like this continues to impress me. And whenever I see it, I'm like, that is a guy I want to. I want on my team. I want a whole bunch of those guys. Uh, maybe maybe this is a little early to start talking about, but if you are 
if you are Wayne Rooney, you are Dave Casper, you are sitting in that lineup and you are seeing you, I think you I think you want to know by June or you want to know by June if there is any hope that you can hold on to him either through a loan extension or something. And if there isn't, you need to go out and find a guy that can do what he does um, or at least can can do enough, enough, a better enough, a good enough version of it. Right. Um, well, who can who can play who can play the cover version of Lewis O'Brien for yeah. for a reasonable fee? Because I, I don't I don't think it would be Chris Durkin. You slot Chris Durkin and you would notice uh, very mm-hmm. quickly. Um, you would notice very quickly, quickly a difference. But, um, you know, we talk. I'm about, wondering, is it is there, you know, we talk. I don't think a permanent transfer is in the cards. I'm just wondering what kind of money being dumped on a team for the remainder of the season to get them to, to the to the to the break. Is that a, is that a possible thing? Is that a realistic possibility? I mean, it's up to the player too. Obviously, he wants to yeah. go play. He said now a couple of times. He said in the BBC. He said it to the Athletic. He's like, yeah, my future's over there. <laughs> like that's where I want to be. Um, but you know, I I I think it's going to come. I think it's going to come down to what happens with Nottingham this year. They are. I think they are. They are just above the relegation zone. It's been this whole seesaw. I mean, this is the relegation fight is where like is going to be crazy. I mean, there's I think there's like one point separating like between like the relegation teams. I mean, there's teams that are seesawing. I mean, first is Everton, Everton to financial ruin, Everton to safety, you know, to get the stadium built. I mean, all all these things. So crazy, crazy relegation battle going on in the Premier League. So, uh, you know, I, I, I people kind of ran with what pot with what Pablo said about how uh apparently with Lewis O'Brien um how apparently if Nottingham get relegated that that lowers his buying price so maybe they could make it work if they split it out enough I, who know I mean honestly I, I don't know at this point I, I don't know at this point whether it's possible to be worked out I, I don't know whether they can make it an extension maybe if he's having a good enough time maybe if he's being successful I, I think maybe you could convince him hey you know we're only going to run the season till November. You get you get to go. You get a full season. You get to play games. We're going to be competitive, and then October, November. You know you can just go right back. You're only in the pre. You'll be fully fit, 100 percent match fit, heading into wherever you're going in the in the regular season and ready to go off on, ready to be flying. You'll be getting minutes. You'll be getting starting minutes. Um, everything. So I don't know. It, it it's it. We'll we'll see once we get closer to whether that happens. Um, one thing I will say about the Venteke goal. I am 90% confident that is the first DC United player to ever score in a bicycle kick. I might be, I might be wrong about that. I was thinking about like Dwayne Di Rosario. I cannot recall. I, I know we've been scored on plenty of times from Brian Ching used to like score worldies against us. Marcelo Balboa scored on scored on us, you know, back in the day. Um, and I'm pretty sure we've had Juan uh, Agadello scored in like a playoff game once. Like we've been scored on plenty of times from like bicycle kicks. Hmm. Um, but I think I think Christian Mateke is the first DC United player to score in a bicycle kick. I, I if anyone can find video, if anybody can go and get me video that proves me wrong, I will I will I will shut up. But um, I'm pretty sure wanna, I'm pretty sure right about that. I think you're I've, I've got something in my mind about Chris Pontius, but I don't. I don't, I don't think I don't think that's a bike. You don't think so? I don't think he's. A, I cannot recall him ever scoring a bike. All right, all right. We listen. We have got a lot of nerds for for fans. Someone's <laughs> going to track us down. If it's real, we're going to get a video. We're going to get added tomorrow. It's going to happen. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, incredible goal, goal of the week. Um, I don't know if we'll see if it makes it maybe all the way to the goal of the year, but just an absolute Should. audacious goal. Uh, shows how much he's playing with confidence, how good he looks, and that can only be good for the rest of the year as long as if if as long as he stays healthy. Um, let's talk about the last goal, the last goal. Again, we, we kind of talked a lot about Lewis O'Brien, but Lewis O'Brien, 
again, takes the award for uh, just dribbling down the ball. He's got acres of space. Charlotte just kind of gives them. I think they were kind of done at this point. They were ready to go home. After you get dunked on like that <laughs> by right. Christian Medeke, I think they were like, all right, this is over. Um, and then he uh, slots a ball across, probably meant for Benteke. Uh, Benteke doesn't quite read it right. He kind of slips down. Um, I forget there, there was. I, I almost forget who was chasing it, whether it was Jacob Green or somebody else. But there were two DC players that were crashing that. Uh, Jacob Green gets on the ball and slots it into the back of the net, three nothing. And the way he kind of runs over, the way the whole team was kind of mobbing him. That is a team that is playing. That is having fun. That remember that running joke last year. That is a team that is having fun, enjoying themselves. They are <laughs> Klon Nifotin says, God, we are we are nerds, aren't we? <laughs> um having fun, enjoying themselves, and playing for each other, which I think is just a very, very good thing uh for this for this for this team going forward. And it's it's confidence breeds confidence, um, and in a lot of ways. Very reminiscent to the celebration after Griffin Yao scored in the empty stadium and also Kevin Prade's goal. So they they love a they love a first goal for an academy kid. Uh, player Wayne Wayne called it out he said it's good for the other kids to see that like to see like not only can you get in the, the team but you can you can get on the score sheet it can actually happen and we had Great it with, with, with Ted Kudu Pietro as well in the, the early of the season uh, Jay, uh, Jay Ozzie is out of jail I don't know what that means as far as anything else I don't we know nothing I'm not on Swedish Twitter anymore uh, so Jacob Green continues to have uh, opportunity he, he played he I think he came in and played right back right Mm-hmm. Or not right back, but he played. He, he took Andy's spot versus uh, Pedro uh, Casantos played a full ninety. Yeah, I mean, I, he came from the left side. He crashed from the from the left side though on that goal. So I don't know if he. I don't. Either way, he's got. Yeah. I think he, he has ability to play on both sides. So uh, great for him. Build on that. Keep going. Yeah, maybe then we don't. <laughs> maybe we we break the contract and we get like an extra seven hundred fifty k in cap space or whatever if we can get out of our contract. Do you, Do you think? I mean, at this point, so so do you? Do you think we will ever see Muhammad Jazi back on the field? I do. I think. I think we probably will. I think uh, it depends on if if he's going to be uh, released on his own recon. I don't know. Again, we don't know. Like, is he uh, awaiting trial? Is there going to be a trial? Have they dismissed charges? We don't know anything yet. If they dismiss the charges, for sure he'll be back. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's a quick trial, which I don't think there will be, um, and he's found not guilty, then yeah, we'll see him back. But I think that. Oh, uh, yeah, it's hard to say. Like, if he's not in jail, yeah, yeah I think he probably will, but we'll see. Because they, we're not likely like, to get hard, any news. It's either. hard to punish that this team, and, you know, historically, it's hard to punish someone for something that the court has not agreed that they've done. So, uh, court or the league. Uh, so, I think that there's a chance that uh, if he's not in jail, he's back on the back on the. But the the, the challenge too, like he wasn't good. He kind of was not. And I and I know on, at times I said I thought that he looked pretty good. And he did have moments of it, but on the whole, he was either hurt or, you know, Jacob Green has had more impactful moments. Well, I can remember th- things that he's done defensively. Yeah. Well, one thing, one thing I will say, I think the role, the the formation shift where we shifted to this wing back role, I think that role could suit him a little better um, than what we had, what we were playing, which was kind of like a four, three, three, four, four, two hybrid type of thing. Now we've, we fully committed now to this three, five, two, which is wing backs in, you know, bombing up and down the field, which you, you still have some defensive responsibilities, but you do not have a whole bunch of defensive responsibilities. 
Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, you look at Julian Gressel, Julian Gressel was never known for his defensive abilities, but he's still considered one of the best wing backs in the league because he brings you so much offensively. Sure. would be really nice to have him, but we won't go back sure into would. that. Matt he's Doyle also talks about Matt Doyle talks about that way too much. <laughs> he's playing as an eight for Vancouver now. Yeah. Yeah. He's switch. It's switch positions. So, um, but yeah, we'll see. I, I think this, this, this role is good. We'll see when Dahomey gets here. If he can maybe also slot into that wing back role, maybe he plays well. And then it's like, you know, well, sorry, <laughs> sorry. That's, <no. laughs> that's what, uh, I forget which coach said is like, uh, a competition for places is about to pick way up. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's all. I can only make the team better. Yep. Yep. And I think that's, that's, that's a very, very good thing. Anything else we want to close out on this game? Great goal from Jacob green. Three nothing. DC uh, firmly locks it up. They are flying high into a tough stretch. Um, that I think you know, confidence breeds confidence, and and we'll see. You know, also, I mean, since he's good, they're top of the table, but they have not been playing hundred percent convincingly, and they have had moments uh, that or was that them? They lost five one to St Louis. Am I recalling that correctly? I think so. Yeah, I think, I think so. that's right. I think that's right. But Lucho so, missed a penalty this weekend. Uh, they should have won in the. They should have won at the death. They did not. Uh, you know, just remember the end of last season. Just remember the pain of that game, and then let's see how much we can we can turn the tables. I think it's we're going in their house. Let's make a prediction too. Let's sort of set this up. So I think they're. You know, we have uh, a healthy roster. It seems like questionable about Steve, but we might be able to roll out the same lineup again. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, did not, I believe did not leave with any injuries there, uh, uh coming out of new England, uh, yeah. new England lost their DP, uh, to a, looks like an ACL, a very crappy, very crappy weather that game. Uh, so I would say if I'm going to, if I'm going to speculate about how this game's going to go, uh, I'm going to say, uh, two, two draw as my feel with Benteke and who do I want to say gets the second goal? Who's a realistic goal scorer? Diamond Pines. <laughs> I'm going one-one Mateke and uh, Acosta on the goals. So um, can't go wrong betting. If you, I, I've given up sports betting, but yeah, <laughs> if I, you haven't, <laughs> I think both teams. DC is sort of playing very sort of defensive by choice. Uh, the the big the big story around Cincinnati is that they've been able to find ways to win but they haven't been playing all too well um, in the attack. They, they obviously the big story I think is Brenner. I'm not sure if he's been back into the lineup, have to go back and look, but he is apparently on his way out. Um, he is very much uh, has one foot in Europe. Basically it's just kind of waiting for some details to come across probably for the seasons to end. Um, and yeah, he hasn't really, you know, he's been, hasn't been showing up the training. They don't really have a, a, they, they have Vasquez. Who's of course still really good. They have Acosta who's still really good. Uh, if any one of those guys are out, they get, it becomes bad pretty quickly. So they are, I think, Brenner's, I think Brenner's has terms agreed. Yeah, he might, you might, you might I be think, right about that. I, I think he's done so that, that he's only scored one goal this year. Yeah. Which to your point, his head is turned. So that's somehow that's the way that goes. But yeah, if you say one, Con, one, I say two, like, two. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know that song. That. <laughs> Yeah, um, so we see it. We both see a draw, though. I think that that tells you sort of what we that's an acknowledgement of the challenge versus sort of they're not Charlotte. Yeah, I think that's and it's on the road. But, but we know we won two on the road. So I, I think this is reasonable amounts of optimism that we're rolling into this game with. I think yeah. that's I think that's fair. So we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah. Um, Want to go real quick, uh, hit some real quick. Quick, a uh, new scoreboard at Segra, I think, is interesting to see. Uh, please, maybe the field. It's not on maybe. wheels. <laughs> it actually stays there. It's 
cement it in. And I think it's important. We, we talk about Segra Field and, and sort of the where that stadium is. And I think it's it shows it shows some good things that I think that, that there's some investment that's actually happening there, that 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 stadium is going to be built up and that stadium is going to become better than what it is. Um, and I hope I really hope like in five to ten, five years or so, they just say, all right, we're going to rip up the turf. We sold uh, we sold Teku to Pietro for twenty million dollars. Let's go build out. Let's go put some put some grass, go put some grass on the fields and actually like make this uh, make this a grass field instead of a instead of the turf field. The, the turf was very clearly like we don't have time for grass. We don't have the budget for grass right now. Let's just get the turf down and, and call it a day. Um, one signing we didn't get to last week, uh, which we I think we sort of hinted that there was a USL championship player. And we're all on pins and needles on who that could be. And I was looking up top scorers in the championship and it, it wasn't that it was, he wasn't uh, on that list. <laughs> he was not on the list. It was Eric Hurtado, Eric Hurtado, uh, longtime MLS player played for Fredericksburg, Vancouver, Fredericksburg native, Fredericksburg native. So he gets to come, gets to come close to home. Um, him and him and Jackson Hopkins can talk about Carl's uh, let's just hope, let's just hope he keeps the anti-vax stuff to a minimum, um, around Mr. Jackson Hopkins. Uh, that you is, don't know that what is, Jackson's like, you don't know. <laughs> That is the big controversy uh, with Eric Hurtado is that he was traded from Vancouver to uh, to Columbus because he refused to be vaccinated. And that was a huge problem for a Canadian team that needs to travel uh, to the States a lot. And they can't then return if you're not vaccinated. So uh, unfortunate, I guess, unfortunate from that perspective. A lot of people are very upset about that. I have chosen to be madder at certain individuals that use their platform as far as i know eric Hurtado is not showing up on tucker carlson or some of those other shows and and going off on anti-vax i don't think he's even had like a news article about it i don't um, think i don't think he is either he's yeah, not it, I, don't, I don't imagine he's like actually i'm here to sell you supplements uh, <laughs> yeah you know he's not doing any of that stuff i i feel sorry that he's being led astray by probably a lot of people who uh, do not have his best interests in heart and don't really care and just want money and profit. Um, so I'm I, at the end of the day, I'm like, it, it is what it is. It's a it's a cheap backup. I think a lot of people also were saying looking at the ten thousand dollar transfer fee. At the end of the day, I don't care. That's like point zero one five percent of like our transfer of our salary cap budget. It's nothing. We got him out. He had signed a thirty day contract. So yes, you you could have waited. You could have just waited for that contract to run out pick them up for free. But I think they are, I think they're like, we need somebody in here now. 10 K is not a, not a whole lot to spend. San Antonio were probably like, sure, we'll, we'll take, <laughs> we'll take the money. Uh, Cause there's not really a good market between USL and, and, and MLS. So you paid also, a million he, for Nigel. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. Just keep that in mind. Um, obviously he goes, the, the big, the big reason this happened, I think is because Carl Robinson uh, was his coach at a certain time uh, in Vancouver. So, um, you know, he, if he is playing any more than is he, if he is getting anything more than we need to we need to rest Benteke for a midweek uh, for a midweek game, then yep. uh, we're in trouble. Benteke has been hurt and this season will go downhill very, very fast without him. So he's, a league's, cup. <laughs> he's a league's cup dude and a, and a five to ten minutes a game. If you want to start giving Benteke a blow at the end of the games, but he. He doesn't seem to want to come out. Usually he seems like he's a player that's <laughs> the longer he can stay in the better. It seems like I, I think, I think I will be shocked if Benteke travels on Wednesday on the, for the open cup game, which I think is on Tuesday. Actually, I would be shocked if he travel. He might travel, but I, I would be surprised. Um, I think that's where you see, I think that's where you see your get a start. 
I think you see him get a start in that game. Yeah, the fact he was already on the bench like five minutes after his transfer certificate cleared tells you that they're ready. He's ready to go. Yeah, I don't think he was I, mid-season. I, I don't think there is any. Well, I mean, his transfer certificate probably cleared pretty quickly. I wouldn't be sure there even would be one. Um, but looking forward to Hurtado starting all the friendlies. Yeah, Nakaxa, you're going to be in for the Eric Hurtado show. Let me tell you, uh, <laughs> in June. Oh man, if we, had, I think if we advance, like it's going to be like a Saturday, and then they play Nakaxa, and then they have an Open Cup. It's weird. Yeah. The lineup for the friendly is going to be funny if they do that. Yeah, I, I would I would actually wonder if they would might like if they ticket sales aren't great, they might just be like, we're just we're just going to cancel if, this. <laughs> if they're not great. This is this is this. These friendlies are money laundering for season ticket dollars to try yeah. to figure out how to like get the numbers to where they need them to be. That's all. That's all those, these games are. Fair enough. Real Betis, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, I think that's going to do it. I think we've done everything we can. Again, patreon.com slash refugees. John will read your name out on the show. You get his Friday show. Um, and also uh, check us out. Also, if you're on Twitch right now streaming and you hit that little subscribe button, uh, you can subscribe with uh, with your Amazon Prime subscription. So whatever, whatever you're already paying to get Amazon Prime, you can just jump that, drop that right on our right on our Twitch stream. It also helps us out. So again, thank you guys so, so, so much for listening. We will catch you guys uh, next week. Vamos. Vamos. Thanks again to our show sponsor, Monday Development, available to help you with all of your real estate needs. To get started on your next real estate investment, visit mondydev.com. That's M-U-N-D-Y-D-E-V.com.